<laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. I'm Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible. And with me, as always, is our resident feminine energy, uh, personal trainer and fitness guru, Patrice Jones. You say what? And cook, meal prep. Yeah. And meal prep. You're doing meal prep now. Yeah, we got to talk about that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How was your week? A week was great. Um, nothing super exciting. Just you know, adjusting to the time. Still. I hear you. I hear you. Well, we have a great show for you today. It's our fifth show uh, in the second season of the Neighbors Livecast, and uh, today's guest uh, is an entrepreneur. Uh, that sits at the helm of numerous brands, including uh, the Wellness Connection, Be Balanced, Teas and Tonics, Prototype 1981, and Elemental Awakenings. Uh, I've known this young lady since high school, and uh, she has always had a calm energy, a calm, excuse me, inviting energy that exudes ancestral wisdom and is just, I'm sorry, that I messed up my intro. Anyway. <laughs> we <laughs> It's all true. But uh, Delia Boyd, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back again. I love yeah. y'all so much. I love Neighborish. Thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate it, man. Neighborish loves you too, man. You're a great guest. It's always a good time when you're uh, here sharing your wisdom and, 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 and uh, energy with us. And we always appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, Patrice, we were just talking about you uh, venturing into the world of meal prep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it kind of, well, nothing is accidental, but it just kind of happens. So as you know, you know, I still am, uh, I have to find a better choice of words, but I'm unable to work out right now. Um, so a friend of mine asked me to do, she and her husband husband's meal prep. And she was like, you know, you should really get into it. And I was like, oh, well, I gave, I did their meal prep and I posted it. And it literally like, I'm turning people away at this point because mm -hmm. I'm like trying to fill orders. Um, but it's a great feeling. I love, I've, you know, I've kind of gotten into the nutrition piece of fitness for a very long time. So it's right in alignment with what I've been doing for almost 13 years. So I love to cook. I love to cook clean. I always tell people when they call, this is not your, you know, it's not going to be your saucy seafood crab bowl type uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> macaroni and cheese type of meal prep. It's going to be nice and clean so you, so you can be in the house and, you know, when you're quarantining or whatever, whatever you're doing, you can make sure that you're being healthy. So I'm enjoying it. I love it. That's dope, man. I've been seeing your posts and you said, um, it started with your your friend and her husband. That's Shelly Roy, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I've been seeing the post. Yeah, can you talk? Yes. She has a show, right? Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, she has a show. Um, and it's, um, she does in the studio. Um, it's doing really, really well. I'm so super proud of her. I've known her a long time. Uh, and it's always good to have the support of your friends because you know, in entrepreneur life, you don't always have that. Or you have the person asking you what you're doing just so they can know what you're doing or to mimic what you're doing. <laughs> right, but yeah. someone that um, supports uh, me and the brand Fruitfit genuinely, um, and she is how it all got started. So I'm thankful for that. 
Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So what's the name of her show and where can people see it at? Um, it's the Shelly Roy Show and she is on YouTube, um, the Shelly Roy Show, um, or you can watch live via Facebook off of her from her page, Shelly Roy. Um, her I'm, I don't remember her website, Lord. She's gonna kill me. <laughs> okay, we'll but, post it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, we'll post the um, website. But she has, she does fitness. She does. She has her own brand. She's an author. She's a, um, um, she does a lot of other things. So she's a, she's a, what is it called? A multi, a multipreneur. She has so many oh. different. Yeah, so I, I believe on most time, most days it's either Wednesday or Thursday we can tune in. Um, but the next show is on the 6th, I believe. But we'll post the information. But it's the Shelly Roy show. So you guys make sure you follow her. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I've been seeing the <laughs> posts when you uh, when you visit the studio and everything. It looks amazing. And um, I think it's um, usually broadcast either when I'm at work or doing one of the many things that I do. But I'm going to check out, definitely check out an episode. If you support it, I know it's got to be, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, I don't, I got to be connected to it. If I, if I feel it, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put it out there. So she's definitely, she's definitely someone to be connected to. Definitely, definitely. And And speaking of that, you've spoken, you know, uh, on our show many times about the connection with our guest today about uh, her awesomeness and how much we uh, you know support her and and uh, and all that and I'm I can't wait to talk to talk to you uh, Delania about all the stuff that you're doing all the new stuff because I know you got a bunch of stuff you know uh, popping <laughs> keep a lot of stuff this going quarantine has been a blessing like I don't I mean you could just literally tap into like a thought you probably had at seven and it's like boom it's happening. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's really a time to just like all do all of the things, all of the things. And if you don't like it, that's fine. It's almost like I feel like I've gone back to like that childhood wonder where you knew you could do whatever you put mm -hmm. your mind to. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the energy that I've tapped into. And it's been so amazing. And I understand why a lot of the holy text says, you know, the kingdom of heaven belongs to the children. Because when you think you got it figured out, like you limit yourself. And so really, I have like reverted back to this really like childlike energy. And I'm so grateful to have tapped into that because it's opened up a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm planning things, doing things, and mm -hmm. I'm loving it. And then, then I found out that some things I thought I liked, like I'll never do it again. I did it mm -hmm. and <laughs> not even interested. So it's yeah. been really, really good. And in alignment with what I got going on. So, you know, that, that makes it all the better. Mm -hmm. And I have to add to that. And so the other thing is in the space of stillness, as, you know, as um, uh, leaders of brands and, you know, people that are doing business, it's easier to make connections because everyone essentially is sitting still. We're still moving and, you know, doing business, but we have, we, we have the, the, you know, our mindset, we're able to sit still and kind of think, like you said, connect the dots and like being in this childlike space where children are creative by nature until they're, they are, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're put into the school system and they, their, their creativity is kind of, you know I what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, 
it's not as a, it's not as a uh, you know it's not an uh, it's not an invitation for it. It's, they kind of have to hold it in. And so now we're in a space, like you said, where we can come up with new ideas and make the connection with other you know other entities or business owners or networks or what have you. Um, and it's a time for growth and reinvention. So I've been seeing some of the stuff that you're doing, some of the new things. And as soon as I can support. <laughs> Listen, no worries. If it's something that you want, say the word. I'm going to send it. We, you know, uh, we, we don't have to do that. So the know, other key thing to creativity, too, I think we don't uh, focus enough on is imagination. Imagination uh -huh. is a very spiritual faculty. You know, and so the older you get, you kind of lose that, you know, imaginative space, you know, seeing it before it actually actualizes. Um, so that's a part of children, you know, they can have two army men in, the, in their mind, they're in World War Three, you know, right. the <laughs> and if you've ever seen a child like in its in their imaginary space, it's phenomenal. You know, and I'm learning this by watching my children and, you know, you have to get creative. You're in the house majority of the time. So really that key thing is imagination. Like, you know, exercise your imagination. Like it brings to fruition some amazing things because you're creative because you come from a creator. That's natural. But that imagination, like, I feel like that's like your choice. You can choose to be in that space. You're, going, you're creating mm -hmm. without even knowing whether it's just your thought but your imagination that takes you to show up for absolutely you have to you know be in the game with that so it's really like my imagination is like running wild yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that that's yeah. definitely an awesome space to be in i think it it's is. um that um that fearlessness is basically yes. what it is like when yes. you live the world puts fear on you. And I think that's, um, mm -hmm. and uh, like what Patrice was talking about, it definitely starts with, you know, school and just the programming and being, but also just living and becoming jaded by your experiences, by the things that you've been through, the, the negative experiences for the most part, create boundaries and things to the point where you stop kind of uh, trying or expecting things to work when you try them. But uh, like you said, having this space and Patrice, you've spoken on it many times about having this uh, this time of stillness to be able to sit and kind of re, mm -hmm. you know, reinvigorate that part, that muscle, work out that muscle of imagination and of, of trying things and being fearless because uh, beyond just being the time of stillness, it's also been a time of, of uh, regrouping and restructuring for a lot of people from you know, how they make money to, uh, to how, you know, which affects how they eat and how they provide for their family and things like that. So it's giving mm -hmm. people a chance to try these things. And, um, you know, um, uh, like you said, the line is some things you try and you never going to try again, but <laughs> some things actually work out, but having the freedom and the wherewithal to actually get out and try things and, you know, make things work, which is what we as human beings were meant to do is, is, a, is a, mm. a great space. And a lot of people see, this moment of you know what we're going through uh, as a struggle and it is for a lot of people but if you you know recognize the opportunity within it uh to to like i said exercise your 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 fearlessness your freedom and your um you know your entre entrepreneurial spirit and things of that nature push you in a better position so um yeah see we already started a great conversation and i Listen, even got it's a rabbit hole this conversation yeah. is a endless like rabbit hole because yeah. It's the truth and the the piece about stillness, like all the answers show up in stillness. If you talk, mm -hmm. you busy, like you're going to miss it. So stillness, definitely, uh, Patrice, I agree. Like that is like 
an amazing, an amazing gift to, you know, take advantage of at any moment. Mm-hmm. So you can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can be in a room full of, uh, full of people and you can still be still. You mm-hmm. can have that moment to just shut that out. Even mm-hmm. if it's for five seconds, you know, it's just stillness is a great place. All the answers are there. So when you think yeah. you got it figured out, just be quiet and you'll really know if you have it figured out or not. Exactly. It gives you an opportunity to tap into those things which are innate mm-hmm. and over time we don't believe that they're innate we don't believe that they're in us and we're doing this and doing that and looking for stuff here and looking for stuff there and you know moving um unconscious unconsciously you know we're being led by a clock or a calendar or, and now it's like okay i actually have time let me see you know i find myself sometimes like man like i, I literally have the opportunity you have it anyway as an entrepreneur but I have the opportunity to craft my day. Yes. Like it's up to me. Like my entire day is is my responsibility. And we know that, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. but to to be in a space now where we can literally pick like at such and such time, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. Even the people that are working for someone else that are working from home, they have the opportunity to craft their day. And so in that and I'm sure Dave will get this piece is when you get into actually caring for yourself and self-care. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, too before you came on. Yeah, yeah, we just (laughs) exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think the 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 idea or the concept that you own your own time is Mm -hmm. so foreign to people now, just because Mm -hmm. of the obligations that, and I mean, it's obligations that in essence and in actuality we place on ourselves and i mean some of them are you know uh, things that we need to do of course you need to feed yourself if you have a family you need to take care of them and things of that nature but um uh just uh understanding that you own your own time and what you do with that time directly affects uh, or can directly affect your quality of life is 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 such Mm -hmm. a um like a, a huge realization to come to like i mean and it's, it's hard because of what we've seen growing up. You know, a lot of us saw our parents toil at jobs that they hated, you know, and we think that in order to be a responsible adult, you have to go to work every day and be upset with Karen because she's over here doing this and Bob because he's over here <laughs> doing that and come home and tell your spouse about it. And, you know, y'all just be mad and, you know, go to sleep that night and get up the next day and do it all again. But, uh, you know, this this space has given a lot of people um, the wherewithal to see the things that, uh, you know, we've been kind of preaching for a long time, which is you can find something you love, find out how to monetize it and and build your life around it. And hopefully, you know, getting the opportunity to do that is a beautiful thing. I know a lot of people, you know, um, I guess feel as if there's there's not the freedom or the space to do it, but uh, this time has given a lot of people a chance to give it a try. Yeah, I just got to say something to that. I got it. I, I, gosh, I was like, our connection to currency is is so toxic. And right now in this space where, you know, you're talking to somebody who has not really worked in 10 going on 11 months. So I'm not speaking from a place like I got it like that. You know what I mean? But we have people who might not have 
you know, last month. So they might be behind a month and they're like feeling like the world is coming to an end. And it's like, don't you see the opportunity here? Like you have to walk in gratitude and move in love. And if this space has not taught us that, I really don't know. I don't know what, what needs to happen, but you talked about monetizing your gifts essentially. And, Mm -hmm. you know, things that, um, you know, you've been blessed with and you might not know you've been blessed with, but to Delanya's point, you can sit still and tap into those things if you really, really think about it. And I think if we, if, if there's nothing else that we should be, um, a, a, a vibe that we should be in right now and it's gratitude, like even if you don't have, you know, cash flow or money, you have so many other things that you can control because essentially your money it, you know, it, and there are different ways to look and look at this, but your money, you don't always have control over that. Like whether you're getting paid by a company or you invest in or whatever you're doing, you don't have 100% control over that, but you do have control over your energy and how you choose to look at things and, and mapping out your own perspective. That's so true. Indeed, indeed. And normalizing ease. I think that we think everything is supposed to be hard. Like I know, like, you know, people have it hard. Don't get me wrong. At the beginning of um, 2020, my whole life crumbled to like ruins, like nothing was recognizable. And for the first time in my life, I was like, okay, that was supposed to happen. Now what? And to be in the energy of ease was shocking because you think it's supposed to be hard. Oh, you had this hardship, this happened. And, you know, I'm supposed to be upset. And like, I couldn't even get upset. I couldn't make myself like angry or anything. It was just like, okay, this happened. Now what next? What do I need to do? What's in my hands now? What can I do now? So for people who may be struggling during this quarantine, uh, quarantine, Think ease. It doesn't have to be hard. Like the things that you think are hard, they really are not. They they are really, if you got breath in your body and you can just muster up a thank you, that's the most beautiful prayer you could ever say. But normalize ease. It doesn't have to be hard. We get to choose how we look at whatever we go through. So, you know, normalize ease during this time too. Give yourself grace. Like you doing the best that you can. It's okay. You know, so ease has also been um, an energy that has helped me to navigate all these spaces and, you know, continue to grow because everything doesn't have to be hard. Like it doesn't. Normalize mm-hmm. ease. It's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Shelly Roy says, she always tells me, Shelly Roy says, be easy with yourself, sis. Be easy. <laughs> The simple things, the simple yeah. simplicity, like, oh, we overcomplicate. This quarantine has really broken things down for me to the most smallest of smallest things. Like simplicity is everything. Ease in every language means the same thing. Like mm. it's not, doesn't mean anything different, you know, in Cambodia than it does in Southeast DC. Ease is ease. So be easy. That's, you know, essentially that's the mantra. Be easy. Mm-hmm. No, because you definitely want to be what you seek anyway. So if you normalize, mm-hmm. you have to become all these energies that you want. I think, you know, we think that there's some type of, uh, you know, shamanic, shamanic rituals that we have to go to to get to these, you know, simple truths. And it's like, no, it's really just a matter of changing your thoughts about the things you see and what you're going mm-hmm. through. Yeah. You know, your thoughts are really the most powerful thing that you own. Be what you seek. Be what you seek. That's so Period. powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so powerful. Yes, that's, that's it. it. 
So I want to talk about a couple of things that are happening in the world and get you guys' oh, opinions on it. Yeah, <laughs> the world, because it's, it's a large world out here and there's a lot going on. Um, uh, I want to talk first about um, uh, the, the push to get uh, kids back in schools, um, back into um, away from distance learning and back into uh, physical school. So um, many schools in our area we're scheduled to return to in-person learning or a hybrid of in-person and distance learning today. Um, in fact, in a hearing that was held yesterday, DCPS teachers and school administrators made a last minute plea to keep distance learning in place until a more significant drop in COVID cases has occurred. Uh, an independent arbitrator decided against them and ordered the schools to open today. But of course that didn't happen because of the snow you know, uh, situation that we had with the snow and ice yesterday, um, but there's still kind of a, um, a sense of limbo with uh, what the teachers are going to do in different states like Chicago, teachers talking about striking to, to keep from going back. And, um, you know, um, I personally don't have any children. My nephew is, uh, is, is distance learning right now uh, here in another room. And, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of get a perspective of, of people who have, you know, uh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna start with uh, with you, Delanya. Um, you know, I know you, you have some young ones. And uh, are any of your kids still school age? They still? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have one that's going to college, one, you know, that's a grown man, and I still have some babies in school. I think, you know, I have to be mindful of the things that I say, because I know that my views um, can be, you know, really really out there but i think that oh hold up before you go any further this is the place for that you can ask patrice hey, whatever you gotta say say oh, we support say you a hundred percent then let's go in so, all the I mean, way out there amazing so so this is a dub like there should not even be any talks of these babies going back to school but i also feel on the flip side that school is a safe haven for some children some children need to have a place where they can go get warm meals. They need to have some solace from the things that they see at home. Um, so I think that it really takes um, picking and choosing like, you know, I think seniors should be, I think seniors should be in school for more reasons than one. I think they should have that experience of being with their peers. Um, so I think they should group it into who gets to go to school. Um, you know, people who have hardships, like I said, the seniors, I think that they should really have some type of normalcy because this has been devastating for my senior, not being in school. But then on the flip side, you know, my little baby is like, burn it down, shut it down. I don't need to go back. So I think that the, you know, that there's a lot of things to consider about, you know, reopening school. And the first thing is always safety. Um, but safety is not always physical safety. There's children who are mentally disturbed right now because that was their livelihood like they're students you know what I mean so um, I think that there should be some talks about you know who gets to come back and how they get to come back um, in terms of like I say the seniors like they have I mean I've seen it personally where they've just been distraught about not being able to be with their peers and have a senior year. Um, I've witnessed, you know, going up to my children's school and there's a line for meals and these students who, you know, need to have these meals. So I don't think that there's a one fix to it. I think that the administration should have really looked at um, just those kinds of things. Like, what do you consider about who's coming back to school, who's not, you know, gonna come back to school? 
Um, because then there's also always the case too that, you know, some people send their children to school and it's not even Corona. They just know that baby should stay home. So now you are, you know, potentially putting that teacher, you know, in harm's way, other students in harm's way. Um, so I don't think there's a one way answer to it. I think that they should have really just sat down and figured out like which groups should come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's um it's always interesting to me. Like I said, they had an arbitrator to uh to uh come in and make the decision, and they decided no, you guys have to go back. And it's always interesting when they don't take the advice of the people actually in the situation. Like these teachers and administrators are saying, we don't want to do this. This is not the best course of action. And instead of uh you know listening to them, um they're taking the advice of or or basically letting someone else make the decision for them. And I mean, I, don't, I definitely don't think it's fair. Um, you know, uh, I, I definitely think that we should, if there, there's something to what the people who are actually in the fire have to say. And so um, not listening to that, I think can only lead to um, a negative outcome. Hopefully it doesn't, but it's, it's, it's a kind of a scary place when I'm, I don't even necessarily know fully what people are putting in front of like the decision to stay home. like. Why is it such a push? I mean, I've, I've heard certain arguments, you know, about, you know, kids being home and being in danger or, um, you know, just the loss of routine, different things, the struggle with distance learning, but none of that, in, in my opinion, and I'll get you guys' opinion of it, supersedes, like, the safety. Like, um, uh, my girlfriend right now is a, is a, a kindergarten teacher. And um, one of the things that she was telling me during the height of the pandemic was when they were talking about opening schools, you know, uh, late last year, uh, was that they had a template letter that they were going to send home for when kids died of COVID, like just have it already set and just plug the name in, you know, because they were expecting this. And uh, in that time, um, because the numbers were so high, cooler heads prevailed and were able to say, this is not something that we should do. You know, and so they didn't do it. But now it's it's the situation is not much different. The the pandemic hasn't really. Um, I mean, the the vaccine hasn't really taken hold like they wanted to yet. And so, and that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that's uh, yeah. I don't I don't I don't get it. Patrice, uh, I know you have a, a son who's in high school now, right? Yeah, I, it's so. Uh, and I'm just gonna be very uh, blunt. It's so hard for me to tap into this topic because I'm um, so removed from just this whole systematic way of doing things. Um, I think by this time, we've, we're almost a year into this, and I know that it'll—I know that it won't happen. Like they say, speak things into existence. You can, but knowing where we are, where we've been historically, it's not gonna happen. The entire system should be broken and rebuilt. So we shouldn't even be having a conversation about sending our children back to the same screwed up system. It's, it's, it just feels weird. Like y'all had a year, like, Delon like Delania was saying, to even pocket the children that really may need to go back. They may need food. They may need protection from um, an unsafe environment within the home. Um, they may need counseling. 
you know, um, putting counselors in place or, you know, making sure that they have enough food for those students that aren't being fed at home. The fact that a lot of students in the homes right now, a lot of counselors, et cetera, have knowledge of children who are home depressed, dealing with depression, attempted suicides. Like we've had all of this time to literally break the system and rebuild it from an administrative standpoint and we have not done it. It will never happen and I know that, right? The other side of this is I tell my son all the time, he, I, look, look, and you, you said we can say what we want on here mm -hmm. and I don't know who's watching, but I told my son, um, I don't know if the law was passed or the bill was passed, but I do remember there was a bill on the table that if you send your child to school, they can be vaccinated or given medication without your permission, right? I told my son, I said, Jay, look, and I, I told his dad, look, we, Jay, Jay, you're not going back to school. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and not even, not even because of COVID, <laughs> but because, because of the push for this vaccination and to vaccinate our children. So I told him, I said, if you go to that school and anybody calls you into the nurse's office or comes to get you for a vaccination, get your phone, find the nearest door and call me and I'll come pick you up. You're not getting anything from anybody unless your parents have said that it is so, right? So those are the two sides of this, um, this topic is one, why are we still talking about a system, a school system that we already know has disparities with different groups sending our children back to that same environment with little tweaks here and there. Then the other side is, you know, the teachers and what they're going through. Nobody's talking about that. You know, there are teachers that are depressed because they can't see their, their, um, their students. The teachers are, it's like as a trainer, if I train 30 people within a day, which at, you know, at, at a time I did, and 30 people come at me with different topics of what's going on in their life, and deaths and disease and all of these things that I have to deal with, you have to reset every time and you have to really be in charge of your mental to be able to, to in, uh, exist in that type of environment. So if you look at the, the teachers who are in video calls with these children who are in these situations and they hear these things and they, have, they need help too, the teachers need help. So it's just a lot, it's a lot, um, a lot of different levels and, 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 and issues within the larger issue. But to answer your question, no, nah, my son ain't going back to school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, simple <laughs> There's answer. so much to consider with this going back to school. You know, there's just not a one cookie cutter answer to, to how to, how to deal with it because there's so many different scenarios. And I worked for DC Public School System for 11 years, and I agree there needs to be um, some dismantling. But what I do find hope in is that you have so many teachers who really love what they do. Yeah. So within that, mm -hmm. they're able to create atmospheres, you know, for these children to be able to thrive in. They're able to advocate to say, hey, you know, I don't think it's this, it may be that. Um, so that's also an, another thing. And like you said, to consider the teachers and what they're going through in their mental health as well. Like this has been a lot on everybody. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's no one way, but I, I think that they should have, you know, really, if, because I, 
the other thing to me that the, that's the most important thing about this pandemic as a whole is nobody's talking about, you know, what healthcare really means, you know, from yeah. divine standpoint. And when I say divine, meaning how the creator created, uh, created your body, what your body is made to do and how to support your body to do what it needs to do to fight off any disease that's known to it. Mm-hmm. It has the capability of fully repairing and recovering itself. So the talk of a vaccine is really like very disrespectful in the face of a creator who gave you everything you needed to thrive. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we depend on science above your creator is is sad. You know, and I don't say this in that's <laughs> like it's, it makes me sad, like physically yeah. think that people have so much faith in science that has shown you time and time again, you know, your child could wake up one day, you know, growing a whole tail because you didn't mm-hmm. give your child introduce something foreign to your body and your mm-hmm. body does not know what to do with it because it's not made to recognize this foreign thing. And you want me to jump at the fact that you, you know, have this thing that you can inject, like that's not even a, a conversation for minds of meat at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. I'm gonna go pick these herbs and keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, make the sea moss and get my life. And yes. obvious that I've been. <laughs> thank you, quarantine. <laughs> okay, really got my whole life together. You know, during this quarantine, and was able to study and dive more. And when you understand the body, this vehicle, this vessel that you was given, it makes me so grateful to the point that it moves me to tears to know that your Creator thought of everything. Your body is high science. This yeah. vehicle can drive you as many miles as you want it to go based on your decisions and how you take care of your body. The body is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I'm talking about from the time of conception to the time that that cloud of blood meet that semen and they do their thing. Science is on your side at that moment. I mean, um, spirituality and creators on your side at that moment, really just fashioning you in a position that your body is, is lit. Mm -hmm. right and to point that outside of that is how and and i i'm not gonna go too left because this 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 is another rabbit hole yeah (laughs) look and you're talking to somebody i've been tested uh three times two times twice i had two surgeries twice and i was watching i was watching a video the other day about how there are nanoparticles in the tip of the Q-tip of the COVID test. And I don't know, you know, I'm not even going to say I don't know if it's true because we see a lot of things and we know, we, we see them and we know them. We know them. Like, we, we, we know it. I'm not, I can tell you that my body feels different. That's all, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. But it, mm-hmm. it causes you to... This whole, to delve into different parts of the entire event because essentially what it is what this is is an event because if we if we really think about it as an event if we really as an event then we'll be able to peel back the layers like this might sound crazy but when you think about if you're going to you're going to go on a trip with your friends right Mm-hmm. and you have you guys are going to be doing different things while you're there it's like peeling the layers back okay like what are we going to do at this time what are we going to do on this day we're peeling the layers back and we're making it a great time for everyone this COVID is an event 
And we've been so, our minds are like warped that we aren't peeling the layers back for ourselves and really looking at the layers of the event. And if we were able, if we, we did that, to your point, Delaney, we would be able to sit back and, you know, from a healing perspective, what you were talking about, about our bodies and really think about the fact that our bodies are amazing. Like, you know, we're, we're dealing with westernized medicine, but our bodies are amazing. And outside of that, I, I'm all over the place because I, I don't really know what I want to say, but it's, we, we, we're depending on everything exterior of ourselves and it's, and it's why so many people are emotionally imbalanced and able to um, grab onto the next latest and greatest thing that somebody told them about this event. And it's, it's um, you know. It's really like a savior complex. You want somebody to save you when you- right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're giving mm -hmm. all the things in this life to sustain your life. And that's really the mercy of the creator. Like, I gave you this body and here you go, take care of it. But, you know, and I get it too, because, you know, people have to do what they have to do for their family. So you face with, you know, do I make this decision to vaccinate, you know, or do I, I not? So, you know, it's, it's no shade to anybody who feels like they should vaccinate themselves because that's, right. your and that's what you think too. So it's all these different things. And I think ultimately, um, holistic wellness you know if you made that decision to get a vaccine and you're comfortable within that and your your choice is your choice even though i'm convicted the way that i'm convicted that's for you but staying in your wellness because then you have people on the other side saying you know you shouldn't get a vaccine so it's it's all these different angles mm -hmm. um, you know that this whole thing comes from um i just want us to be well mentally i feel like when your mind is right you know everything else is right even if it's a decision that i wouldn't make if you solid in your mental you know, then you, you do what's best for you. But this has been, uh, I never in my life thought that I see something like this ever. Mm -hmm. This I'm still every day, I'm like, I can't believe like this is happening, but I can believe it because it was also written, but it's, you know, going through it the best that we can and making right. the best and most informed decision. It's written, it's in the movies, it's, it's everywhere. It was, it was every, they told us, they told us, 15, 20 years ago, but they made it so pretty. <laughs> you yeah. know, it looked like a movie. So now that we're in it, it's like, yeah. well, damn, we really in the matrix, you know? Yeah. I, I think a lot of stuff that we see, you right. know, is, is, is set to normalize things that are coming in the future. Like uh, you spoke about, um, Patrice, you spoke about uh, the bill that was introduced uh, to, to make it um, able for kids to get vaccines without their parents' um, consent. And they, it wasn't passed from what I've read. And so, um, because, um, you know, enough people um, voted against it to shoot it down or, or not let it get to the next level. But um, the fact that it was even something that was introduced is scary because like, it's just like um, what we were talking about. Usually things, the first go around aren't gonna get as much traction, but it's introduced to add a level of normalcy to it. So the next time it comes around, it may be more people to say, well, yeah, kids need it. And if the parents don't wanna do it, then they need to you know, uh, go along with it. And if they don't, then we should do it without this. So you know, uh, we have to be real careful with things like that and pay attention to these, these moves that are being made, even though um, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, intellectually, we operate outside of that whole realm but there's still things in it that can affect us, you know, uh, and our families and our, you know, process. So we have to 
make sure that we pay attention to, you know, um, the legislature and things that come out, especially something like that, where they're making a decision mm -hmm. for you and your family without and being able to say like, like that part of it, like without your consent, it's, it's huge. It's sinister. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's scary, not yeah. be a child without their parents' consent. Mm -hmm. That is and to the hospital and you not and the parent not know. That's that's what was in the bill. Yeah, they could yeah. send to the hospital and you not be notified and it's perfectly legal. But yeah. on the flip side, if I neglect my child in any way, then I gotta square with CPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Make it make it make sense. You know, it's 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 it's, it's what's not being scared. Um, what's not being said that scares me the most. Yeah. We worry about what they're saying, what they're saying, and that's fine. You should pay attention to that. But the things that are not being said, you know, is is what we really should be focused on. And sadly enough, um, you know, the agenda is what's uphold is you know we're casualties of war this is mm -hmm. this is spiritual war, whether people want to admit it or not this is what you know mm -hmm. the old folks talked about coming and I, I think you expected it to look different um mm -hmm. but you have to be mindful that every time that you you know are up and arising that you're really protecting yourself in the spiritual realm first and then in the mm -hmm. physical realm and ask you know to be shown the things that are not being shown to you the hidden is always the the, the gut punch what you see is like a cherry compared to, you know, what you don't see. That's 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 the the gut punch. You know, is the unseen. Mm -hmm. So you know, when you start to ask for that, know that you will see it. And when you do see it, it's only to help you navigate. But I think that we really have to, you know, just rely on the one who created you. Like if your faith is in anything past that, as a base, then I'm not sure. Like I'm just <laughs> not sure. Because that's where the common sense comes in. That's when the, you know, now everything's rolling because anything that goes against nature is your enemy. Just know that. Yeah, anything yeah. that goes against nature is your enemy. Anything. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. So, that's you know. Because we're exactly. innately connected to nature. And, and I think that there's a concerted effort you know, uh, to, uh, to, to break that connection. Right. Like and it comes with all the stuff that we've been talking about, like, um, you know, uh, the, we live in a commerce driven society. So everything, like, and I always say they have to pitch it to you as a sickness so that they can sell you a cure, you know? And so everything's being, being sold to us breaks that, uh, understanding that of how perfect our bodies are and how they, you, you, the cure is you, you are the cure. And then the, really, the main cure is prevention. If you do what your body needs, then if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Exactly. So everything that I do day to day, I treat stuff that I don't have. Because right. when it does happen, I want my body to be like, okay, I'm on point. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like prevention is cure. Not your prevention. Yeah, mm -hmm. I talked about that. So when I was in the hospital, uh, you know, I was in a bad state and I my my blood pressure was so important throughout mm -hmm. the whole process. At one point, my blood pressure went down to 80 over 40. Wow. And at the highest um, point, it was like maybe 130 over 85. Mm -hmm. Now, had I gone into the hospital with bad blood pressure, with high blood pressure, I wouldn't have survived. 
I can tell you that without over doubt. So taking care to Delania's point, taking care of your body, making sure you're eating right, making sure you are reading labels if you if your food does have labels, making sure that you eat food without labels, making sure that um, you know you're not uh, creating bad habits, and making sure that you're honing in on the consistency of self-care like it's not just a hashtag for you or something you want to post but it's something that you do day in and day out mm -hmm. um you know because it essentially what it does is it preserves and saves your life beyond anything unnatural right right yeah and that's um you know what you put in your body is is, is paramount like you said prevention is the key and a lot of that comes from um you know what what you take in uh you know both mentally physically you know mm -hmm. it, it's so so important it's so very important uh real quick before we uh get into uh, the questions that i have for delania oh. i did want to uh touch on the fact that this past uh week the entertainment industry and the black community uh lost one of our greatest treasures um uh, the actress cicely tyson passed away yeah. yeah, yeah, the incomparable Cicely Tyson. She was born in 1924. Uh, she had 94 credits, uh, acting credits uh, on her IMDb uh, page. Uh, and uh, at 96, she had roles as recent as last year, 2020. Um, and shows like uh, How to Get Away with Murder, most recently, and Cherish the Day. But she will be most remembered for her classic roles and things like the autobiography of Jane Pittman. Uh, Bustin' Loose, Roots, and um, A Woman Called Moses, which was before, you know, our Harriet Tubman of this generation movie came out. She did a TV movie based on um, the life of Harriet Tubman. Just an amazing, immensely talented woman. She uh, exuded uh, a, a grace and a wisdom uh, that was uh, almost otherworldly, and uh, she would be greatly missed. Um, do you guys have any favorite movies of hers or any uh, performances that you know of that she was in? I don't, I don't have a favorite movie, but I would love to just highlight, um, you know, her fashion. Like she was slept on. Like she did some amazing, amazing mm -hmm. work that was just like way before, you know, the time that she was in. So I definitely want to say peace to her transition and may her grave be spacious and her welcome into the ancestral realm just as grand as she was. She was indeed phenomenal. I mean, legendary icon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a story actually. Okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> this one is juicy, and I I didn't even I've been so tired lately. I didn't even feel like typing it, but I I kind of just was in the moment. So I used to work downtown before I resigned to do fitness, um, and me and two of my coworkers, we were like, if you saw one, you saw the other two. But this particular day, I was walking at lunch with my one coworker. Um, he is from Tobago. So, and there's a point to me, me telling you that. So we work downtown by the White House. So we're walking during lunch. And um, I want to say it was when she received the Nobel Peace Prize. I can't remember what the event was, but 9-11 um, hadn't happened. 9-11 happened? I can't remember. We were walking and Cicely Tyson walked out of this gate and I was like I would have I I passed out. 
Lisa, right? And she had on, she was so, she's so super classy and exquisite. She had on those white, she had on some white gloves up to here. She had on a little teeny, like a tea hat, right? And real nice, like she wears those um those suit jackets, but they like come to the mid, mid thigh. And I said, oh my God. And I looked and she said, I can't remember if she was, she, it was like a term of endearment. But she said, she said, hi, and it was so soft. I just remember her smile and it was so soft, just as you would expect, like a, like a sweet grandma or just a, a aunt that you, when you hug her, you just felt like everything was safe. And she reached her hand out and I shook her hand and I was just like, oh my God, my coworker from Tobago said, who is that? Yeah. Said, hey, you can't I, go to lunch with him no more. Right. And from that point on, don't even don't associate with me. You don't know. <laughs> so I started walking real fast. I said, "You have got to be joking. You don't know who that is." I was like, "Cicely Tyson." He said, "Who is that?" He, I still don't know who it is. Bless he was like, heart. and it just let me know that you know we think just because something happens in the United States that everybody knows. Right, yeah. And yeah. He just didn't, and he's one of those people, he wakes up, well, I don't know now, because I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he would wake up at 3 a.m., read, and then come to work. Like, he he didn't watch TV or anything. So he was just like, who is that? I, when I tell you that was the only time, because Dave knows this. I don't know if you know this about me, Delania, but I'm not, you know, celebrity. I don't even subscribe to that. It's, it's, mm -hmm. um, but for her at that moment, I was just like, oh my God. It was the best moment ever. I can imagine. I, I yeah. can imagine. I'm like, just step on my foot. Do something to me. <laughs> you know I mean, Cicely Tyson, like she slapped me, y'all. You know? Like, like Michael Jackson, I was like, oh my God, I touched her glove. Like, yes. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a dumb story. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, man. So yeah, definitely, uh, like you said, um, uh, peaceful transition to her um you know uh the mourning the loss is always you know something that you know uh people have to deal with so um blessings and strength to her family um for, for such a tremendous loss into the entertainment industry uh definitely so um i wanted to i was just gonna i had this question set up to just ask the line but with patrice here uh too i recognize that and we talked about this a little bit the line about um uh, how busy you both are. I mean, how well, I'm not gonna say busy because that's the wrong term. You guys both do a lot. And uh to the to um to the layman, to the regular, to the uh, uh untrained eye, it looks as if there's so much going on in both of your lives. I just wanted to talk a little bit about and then Delon, you also touched on um how part of your day-to-day -day routine includes self-care and you know, making sure that every day you're preparing yourself for for different things. So I it's so interesting to me. Um, just like what a day is like. And so if I can't get both of you, I'm going to start with you, Delania, to kind of just go through like your daily routine and with you, because you like, you have all these companies and, uh, you know, you, uh, and then constantly just uplifting people online, which is a whole nother element to your, to your person as that's, that's amazing and beautiful to me. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about what you do, uh, on a regular basis, like yeah. your day. Yeah, so self-care is a lifestyle. So this this is something that is not separate from who I am as a person. And that's holistically mind, body, and soul. So my my wake up is first of all, I just say thank you. You know, if I see if I get up to see the day, I know it's gonna be lit. That and that. 
intentions, affirmations. Um, shameless plug, be balancing. <laughs> um, nothing until I get my tea. Like the day is not the day until I get my tea. So those are all the, you know, the regular things, the things that I've introduced um, since we've been, you know, dealing with this um, COVID and things like that is, I'm actually planning my day now. So I do have a plan and my son bought me for my birthday. So I'm finding myself that I actually make my to-do list the night before. Um, and that works for me. That's helped me to really just hone in on like where I need to focus. Um, so that's another part of my day. My spirituality is most important. I got to kick it with my ancestors off the break. I got to check in with my people. So I do that. I pray, I meditate. Um, and then in terms of juggling, you know, these companies, it's really a part of my life. So I don't see it separate. You know, when I saw it separate, it was a task. You know, I got to do this. I got to do this. And now I've made it all a part of, you know, who I am. So it's really like fluid. Um, like we were talking before Patrice came in, time management has been um, a struggle for me. You know, because I'll allot, let's just say an hour, you know, for one particular task and it may go over. And because I'm learning to um, let go of control issues, pray for me all. Um, I'm, I'm having to learn, you know, when things don't go according to the plan and the time that it's okay, that I'm always on time every time. So those are some of my struggles and challenges as well as what actually gets me through the day. Um, but I think the most important thing is recognize that anything that you do needs to be a part of your lifestyle. Like it has to be a part of you. If it's separate from you, I think that's like the number one rule, you know, to me of like, not really getting it done like it has to be even if it's a nine to five and you love your job you know that has to be a part of your lifestyle that you have to look at it as such and not like oh it's a job that i'm going um going to so implementing that mindset has really been phenomenal for me staying on track with you know all these things that i'm doing oh yeah and uh you know, I think I know patrice you uh one of your um mantras is is healthy living beyond the gym Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and, and that kind of speaks to what uh, the line you was talking about. And I know, like you said, you, uh, you know, when we, uh, I think it was like two or three shows ago, you talked about being in a period of transition and um, kind of uh, looking for the, 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 the space where you would fall into. And then this meal prep thing kind of came along. And, and now this is something that you're, you're you know, focusing on yeah. and driving in. And but I mean, there's still the, uh, the 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 fitness aspect of it, and you know, you also you have a teenage son, and um, mm -hmm. so uh, what what does a day for for Patrice look like? Um, similar to Delania, as soon as I wake up, and this is, I'm not even just saying this; it's literally like comes out of my mouth. As soon as I open my eyes, I say thank you. Yes. Like thank you. I say it out loud because, um, and I've never said this on a public platform before but going through the issues that I had with blood clots it's always um an unspoken fear of death in your sleep mm -hmm. so as soon as I wake up I say thank you um and then from there I kind of um I, I start to log my food that I know I'm going to eat like so I plan my day around what I'm going to eat, when I'm going to drink my protein, um, when I'm going to go for my walk. And some nights I log it in before the day begins. 
so I can know what my next day is going to look like. For me, that's like the most exciting part of my day because I am, uh, the medication that I'm on, uh, uh, it's supposed to, the average weight gain is 30 to 40 pounds a month. And I've been able to lose weight um, just by really being conscious of everything that I do, not just food, but my care. Um, it's probably TMI, but I make sure I take care of my feet every day. I think that's very important because we, um, and you can speak on this, Delania. I, I don't know a whole lot about reflexology, but I know everything in your feet speaks to something in your body and the way that you move and the way your feet hit the ground. So because I'm not able to work out, but I do go walking, I make sure that, oh, and Delania, I use your oil to do it. <laughs> yes. I use lit. <laughs> Hold on one second. Thank you. Oh, she's going Thank to get it. So, what oil is she talking about? The line you plug it real quick. Why she going oh, to get it? So, ironically, we have some for men now. So, oh, look at this. Yeah. Oh, look, she got it. Hey, <laughs> man. Thank the, you. The, I got the. She made my bracelets. I keep the bracelets on the oil. Mm. That's amazing. And I use the oil. Um, I think I have the orange one. Brazilian I, orange. Yes. And I use it to massage my feet twice a day. So in the morning, I mean, when I say I massage, I don't like rub lotion. Like I literally like, you know, because I think it's so important. You know, people say they got a thing about feet and I'm like, your feet are the most important part of your body. That's like the foundation besides your heart, yeah. your mind. Yeah, your mind, your feet and your heart. Like those are important. So I use your oil. Every day to do that. Hey. So, up. Get your sun. What is it called, Delania? So it's jewel oil. Jewel oil is traditional sun oil, and it's uh, what they use in Africa. So it's three oils, um, and calendula is important. But the thought process is that it sits in the sun, so it soaks in the rays from the sun. And jewel means sun, so it's right. traditional sun oil. But of course, we had to elevate it and add some other things and some essential oils. And the good thing about orange. Orange is really um, underrated in terms of its properties, just the aromatherapy of it all combats anxiety. Um, it helps with lowering blood pressure, um, mm. just, just the fragrance of orange. So using it on your feet is genius uh, because like at the end of the day, your feet is what grounds you. Your feet and your hair are important. So it's yeah. amazing that you said taking care of your feet, your hair, is a receptor as along with your feet your feet when you go grounding and you touch the earth you're literally mm -hmm. receiving what you need that's why you should you know every once in a while put your feet on the ground put your feet you know yeah. and touch the earth um that's important so that's the premise behind the brazilian orange is understanding the necessary um fact that we have to always be incorporating holistic health your mind your body your soul and your spirit Absolutely. So that's the premise of the jewel oil. And the fact and, that you put the crystals on it is dope because crystals charge as well. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And that was something that I did. And so for, this is a plug for Delanya, but she made me these for my birthday or on my birthday. Mm -hmm. Around the time, I can't remember. It's um, Amazonite. Mm -hmm. It corresponds with the cancer zodiac. Yes. Yes. So. Hold that right here for the rest of the time. I'm going to tell you about the rest of my day. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you. Be balanced. 
www.bebalancedtheconics.com. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and then now part of my day is figuring out what I need to get from the grocery store to do meal prep. Um, and, and just really, I guess this is for people going into a new, um, a new, you know, a new entrepreneurial, um, adventure, um, a new endeavor because I, I'm, I'm really learning this thing as I go along. Like I love to cook and, you know, doing meal prep, you have to be super duper organized. Um, because you, like I have people who are on certain specific diets, certain types of diets. Um, you know, there are all types of diets out here. I'm learning about them because I didn't know, you know, you know, we joke around like about the cookie diet and this diet and that diet. Um, everybody knows about, you know, Atkins and all that, but there are certain specific diets where um, my customers might need, you know, certain portions or some might not want any salt at all, no oil. Then I have to make sure that I weigh all of the food. Um, and then somebody might reach out and say, look, I, the food look good. I just want to eat. And they want sauces. They want a little sea salt or a little seasoning. So I have to make sure I keep them separate and then making sure that, you know, I might have somebody that's allergic to seafood, making sure that I don't um, um, cross contaminate and those types of things. Um, and then I wanted, I wanted to make sure that it was uh, proof it was being environment friendly because I love the earth. I love the sky. I love everything about, you know, everything around us. Um, so I found these biodegradable containers, um, which are super awesome. And um, it's kind of helping me organize better because they have these little compartments. But so anyway, so that's all part of my day, like trying to figure out what the next step is or how to how to just be better and do things better every single day. Um, so outside of my self-care, you know, me taking care of my feet and making sure I get my walk in, even if my walk is only 10 minutes, because I can't really walk that long. That's, that's, you know, doctor's orders. So I only walk, you know, sometimes I might walk longer, but sometimes I, you know, it's just about 10 minutes, but making sure that the effort is being put forth in every single thing. So. So, yeah. And I, I thought it was important to highlight it because so many people believe that, um, gaining some level of success uh, is this whole intricate, you know, uh, th this thing, this plan, this web of different things that you're doing every day and all of this. But um, while I won't say it's, it's uh, simple not to minimize anything that you all do, it's, it's definitely att attainable things. And, you know, um, like, like you said, the line you're simplifying is, is so important and understand breaking things down to, you know, it's not supposed to be hard. It's not yeah. supposed to be a struggle. You know, and it's things that are attainable. And I always try to uh, do stuff like that for people watching who may, you know, be struggling with anything from time management to just getting to a certain level of success. And, um, you know, so I got two successful sisters here. I figured I'd let you guys give us some, uh, some of the roadmap to uh, kind of uh, what you guys have been doing, uh, which is phenomenal. And, you know, uh, yeah, it's dope that uh, Patrice got a little plug in there for you too. I like that. Uh. I mean, <laughs> Patrice is the bomb. Like, don't don't ever get Like, I adore this queen. Yeah. Is the bomb. So, and, and 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 another thing, and I, you know, I don't want to. I have to say it. Yeah. In terms of business, 
do not speak about who do not support you. That is not your business. When you have people who support you, if you focus on them, because that's the biggest thing, nobody support. And I get it, it hurts because you've got friends who you mm -hmm. think supposed to show up for you, family who you think would have been and sold you out and they don't, and that's okay. It's not a shot at you, stop taking it personal, but right. when you have people who support you, focus on the people who, that's your only task. Pepsi don't care if you push Coke out of that vending machine. They could care less mm -hmm. because they know that they're going to put that product out for everybody else who's going to purchase that Pepsi. It's okay. And don't, you could be hurt. I'm not telling you how to feel, but don't let that be your focus on who's supporting you because I promise you the people who do support you, like it's a real thing. So that's why I say like, it's nothing you can't, if you see something and you want it, you just have to let me know. Because of the level of support that you've shown me, it's only right that I show it back. So, yeah, that's a you know shameless plug on that. Stop worrying about who don't support you. Yeah, that's not your definitely. business. Your business is the people who do support you. Focus on them. That's but let, let me let me add though. Mm -hmm. I, look, I know you say I can have anything, but let me tell you, <laughs> so, we have to everything. And I want to say this: everything that I've gotten from this queen, I bought. Yeah. Even if I really didn't have it, I bought it because I know what it's like to have a 3 a.m. to 10 p.m. day and still try to live your life and take care of your children and make sure you're rearing them the right way and make sure that, you know, you're, you know, that you're, you're doing what you need for self and that your business is flourishing and that you're satisfying your customers and mm -hmm. all that. I'm like, we have to you know what it's a meme that goes around it says something like if my if my friends has it selling a t-shirt for twenty dollars i'm gonna pay twenty dollars i've had people right now with me doing meal prep you know i have a charge of delivery fee who have sent way more and said you know just keep that because what they're doing i mean they're, they're purchasing food but what they're really doing is believing in me and encouraging me yes and that's worth any that's worth way more than any dollar that you could have put your finger on so to your point i'm still gonna buy whatever i get she already <laughs> told me this y'all <laughs> like three times already and, but another thing too that um a part of the wellness connection and another shameless plug something that's on my heart to do is business bartering um so it may it's not always like and this speaks to your, the point that you made earlier it's not always about a dollar when you can identify a value that somebody has if a meal prep i may not be able to cook this week because i got so much so if i can come and purchase you know my meals from you you know, then it's done. And, and maybe it's not a purchase. Maybe, hey, I need three bottles of jewel oil. Okay, I need three. But to be able within a business to barter that way, that that's just as good as money. So that's yeah. something that's on my heart to do is business bartering. And you can do it in your community, but specifically with business owners. Mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, I think that, that that's a way to, you know, also, again, highlight the value. Mm -hmm. I like the value. It's not always about a dollar because money is currency and it comes in so many different forms. And when you don't get money, you upset, but you don't mm -hmm. realize that the person, you know, at the counter may maybe gave you a 50% off deal. So that's mm -hmm. money in your pocket because you didn't have to spend it, but you're not grateful for that 50% mm -hmm. off. So let's start looking at currency in that way. That's how you keep it moving and you keep it flowing. Mm -hmm. Even bartering is something that's been heavy on my heart, like in between businesses, um, just to allow that, you know, that time to just barter your goods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's such a uh, uh, such a another uh, innate connection to who we yes. are and who we were, just because that's such a huge part of what life has been for us for a long time, going back into on, antiquity. Dave. Yeah, Come on, Dave, you get it. I have yeah. one. I have two core beliefs. Life is what you make it, and accept your own and be yourself. This is our way. This is how we've always done it. So the mm-hmm. thing that I'm always cognizant about is what's innate within me. What makes sense? Because, you know, there's some systems and cultures where there's not money. There is no money. Right, but right, these people right. are way richer than we could even fathom but that's because the tribe over here got ghost skins and this tribe over here you know and we come to the market everybody's exchanging goods and everybody's life is lit so accept your own and be yourself what are our ways we are we've been integrated into this colonized way that we don't even see how we flourish and it had nothing to do with what this society puts its values on aboriginal come on now and I, my clients have heard me talk like that. Like I, I tell them all the time, you know, or I would tell them all the time that, you know, even when I give, if I give something, number one, I don't have to talk about it. And the second thing is I don't give thinking that when you're going to pay me or when you're going to pay me back or next time, if I need you, I might need something. No, that's not it. It's that I know that I'm giving with, with, no expectations and I'm giving from a heart of love and gratitude or a space of love and gratitude because that is what we are supposed to do right. like that's you know but at the same time you, you can't have ex- you can only expect people to be people and move in the space within they have the capacity with what they have the capacity to within the capacity in which they're able to move right. but that way of what you just talked about is the aboriginal way it's that if, if, you know, I think I saw a video one time, a, a man was saying, he said, we don't even say, we don't even say thank you. We don't have to say that because it's, it just is, it's a natural way. But like you said, we've been, you know, you know, westernized and colonized and it was way different, but I move like that. So I'm glad you move like that. <laughs> but, but you know, that's, you know, the energy that you move in, that's what you're going to bring towards you. And, you know, you're going to have those things that slip through the, the gates and the cracks. And that's fine too, because if you want to square, you're going to see it before it comes and you can shut it down, you know, diffuse it. But ultimately, you know, us as a people, it's not a hard fix. Normalize ease. We, we, we don't yeah. move in ways that are natural to us and we are mm. suffering because of this but if we would just quickly just you know not even in the, the 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 far future just in the i mean you know past if you look very closely like the neighborhood i grew up in shout out the lincoln heights you know dc project lincoln heights, lincoln heights. Oh, sorry. <laughs> take me there but <laughs> i remember you know my neighbor's grandmother taking us to church and maybe she was shielding us from something i don't know but i look at how this DC project moved and we were a real community. These are people who are my sisters and brothers to this day because we had a real, that's how I grew up. This is how, I'm not talking about something that I think is a concept and it's cool and hey, let's do it. No, I grew up in a neighborhood that was a community albeit a DC project, but it moved, I mean, you had hierarchy. You did not play with the grandmothers. And it was like all of them lived in these three roles. And mm. I got caught doing something from one end of the block to the next. That was my ass, period. Mm. Wasn't no, I'm scared to talk to this show. Like we moved 
in traditional indigenous ways. So mm. I my children and I look at their friendships and how they move. And so ultimately, you know, just accepting your own and being yourself, meaning moving within the ways that are natural to you will elevate your life in a way that you can't imagine. And it's simple things. It's simple things. And I look at our age group in this generation, like we really have a bigger charge than what I think, you know, we are aware of, um, you know, in terms of how we move, because your children show you, and not just your children that you birth, they do what they see. You know what I mean? So now it's time to just, you know, be aware of the images that we project with the people that we come in contact with. And again, two core beliefs. Life is what you make it and accept your own and be yourself. Those two things, those two thought processes have changed my life and kept me in this space that I reside in because I don't waver on those things. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up, I know what community looks like. I know what, you know, and at the end of the day, though it was a community, my family was its own tribe. You know, my, my, Miss Murray, who lived there, her family, that was a whole tribe. You know, whoever lived, that was their tribe and everybody functioned in this space together. And we elevated help. I mean, I'm still friends with these people to this day. Like they're my family. And I don't say, you know, I don't take that lightly because it was really like that. Like, you know, so that alone, just understanding that concept and that extends to, you know, somebody who I don't know on the street, I have to look at them through that lens of it's what I make it and I'm accept my own and be myself. So when I deal with people out in the street, I deal with them the same as I did, you know, as a little girl growing up in this DC project. Right, right. Because those are the values that was instilled within me. That's what I saw. And these are not values that they told me I had to have. This is what I saw. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, that, that had an amazing impact on my life and just, you know, who I am as a woman today. So I've had many mothers, many grandmothers, many aunties, you know, who have all... It was a community, you know. I was raised by them all. Yeah. So, wow, yeah, I see that. That um, and they did an amazing job. Like, hey, uh, listen, I big these, these people up. They still my aunties to this day. Like, definitely. you know, and, and like I say, although they were, you know, not blood relation, like these people are my family, and and they're the reason. And I look at how they move, and we all still to this day, just solid, just solid because of the sacrifices and the ways you know, that we were able to tap into because of how, you know, the things that we saw and how our grandmothers moved and, you know, so I moved the same way, this little old soul. (laughs) Like the grandmothers of old, you know, so it's a real thing. Just, uh, you know, taking in this conversation, I started thinking about something. I just recently saw um, an interview that Mike Tyson did, oddly enough. And, but you know, wisdom comes from different places and he was talking about, um, talking about his, how he's married now and talking about how through his life he came to understand what women are to the world and to us as men. Mm. And he was talking about how, you know, when he was younger, when he first started, you know, really making money and really getting into a realm where, you know, um, he kind of had his choice of women and things of that nature. He saw women as, you know, something to conquer, mm-hmm. something to have, you know. And then, uh, you know, as he got older, he started seeing them as a saddest status symbol as somebody to be beside him but in his older age now not you know by any means elderly or anything but like um and the wisdom that he's garnered uh through just life experience now he says he sees women as his teachers you know Mm -hmm. he learns so much and i just just thinking about that because of how much you know anytime i'm in a situation with 
uh, have the 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 luck, uh, for lack of a better term, to have a conversation with either of you women. I always feel like I learned something and come away better for the experience. I appreciate it from both of you. I just had to, you know, had to say that like you guys' wisdom and light is so beautiful, and I appreciate it so much. Yeah, and uh, I <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's a smart dude. Like you know, people could, one of my favorite uh, athletes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And to your, and to a point of what you just said, and I want to say this because I see this so much, like you know, on social media and my timeline and and in life. Mike Tyson is one of those people that had, a, you know, a sketchy. You know, he went through some things where he didn't when he didn't think when he didn't honor um, the woman or the divinity in the woman, right? So in this space he's in right now, he's saying he he knows now that the woman is the first teacher, right? Mm -hmm. and, he, and he sounds like, you know, he's in a space of honor, honoring that. But a lot of times people will remind you or still view you as the person that you once were. Mm -hmm. And in order for a person not to do that, they have they themselves have to be in a different space in order to even even comprehend or even listen with an open mind to what what you just said about Mike Tyson. I yeah. I think that's absolutely awesome. It is to be applauded. Um, and and I, if you if you can if you find an interview if you could send it to me, I would love to watch it. Yeah, definitely. But that comes with accepting your own and being yourself. You yeah. know, women have always been revered for exactly what they are. Number one, you know, we create humans. Mm -hmm. And that type of charge given to a woman, you know, you got to know that there's something there that the creator thought, like, she the one, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so ultimately, you teach a man, you teach a man. But if you teach a woman, you teach a nation. We, yeah. we the hand that rocks the cradle rules the nation. We, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm not going to big myself up. I would never say. But I'll do it for you. You're dope for you. I mean, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a real thing. And I went through about where I was, um, you know, going to join the Nation of Islam. And some of the teachings is that 75% of the teaching is with the woman and only 25% is with the man. And I'm like, well, the man is supposed to be the protector. Da, 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 da. And the more I lived it, I'm like, oh yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. So again, accepting your own and being yourself, this has always been our way. And even the times in some cultures where it seems like the women are oppressed, I think that that is, you know, that's been strategically done because I think about Islam and they think, you know, women are oppressed. And I've, you know, a student of many walks of life because I always want to know for myself. And that's like one of the places, you know, where women are, you flourish. Like, you know, the holy book even tells you like, you know, the mother, the woman is exalted, you know, like in a way that I didn't even know. So mm -hmm. just understanding that, you know, Mike Tyson, I'm glad that he's grown into that wisdom. And I'm going to be honest with you because I'm all about balance. I liked him when he was wild too. He didn't care. <laughs> I love people who are unapologetic, like, right, this is who I am. So he, yes. you can give me whatever Mike you give me. I, I'm I, I love my favorite. I mean, he as a person, because you need that balance. You need, you know, people to be so wild because that's how you come to so many different wisdoms. I tell people mm -hmm. all the time, 
I'm not wise because God found favor in me, though he has on many occasions. I'm I'm wise because I was stupid. Like, don't get yeah, it twisted. Yeah, I did a lot of dumb from. shit. Yeah. That's how I know. And I get a whooping for the same thing twice. So right. I know if that's how I'm not going to touch that again. Right. I might do some new dumb shit. Right, but I'm definitely exactly. not gonna. But but I have wisdom on that one thing now. You exactly. Know what I'm saying? exactly. So, yeah, you know, I love to see the evolution because we all think that we're supposed to just come here, arrive. Nobody wants to go through the process, but the process mm-hmm. is the purification. The process is where you become. The journey is the reward. So getting to that place is that's the lit part. Right. You could look exactly. back on like I mean I know if I was Mike Tyson I would look back on some shit like man I was wild I mean I'd be and it, that. Yeah. entertainment yeah. for me like he was wild but yeah. he was he's always been true to himself so to hear you know that type of uh, wisdom come from Mike Tyson that's that's dope yeah that's cool. yeah exactly. and there was always an air of brilliance too it's yeah. like, right. just in every just let's in talk everything. about yeah. it and people cover that so much by um, not understanding the fact that his you know, he didn't have necessarily the, the education or the book knowledge, but to, to be able to take, uh, you know, the, the sport of boxing and do what he did. And it wasn't just because he was this big group, but he studied, he understood the science behind it mm-hmm. and used that to his, to, and he's unstoppable, you know. And so my book. That's Iron Mike. That's right, my, right. I love Mike Tyson. Like, I, that, that's why I love boxing. Mike Tyson is the reason why yeah. I love boxing. Me too. But Patrice, what were you going to say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I said Mike Tyson's still on fire, but I was going to circle back to something that Delania said when she was talking about the woman being the first teacher um, and the power of the woman. And I was just going to say, um, you may remember, Dave, we talked about this on the show before, about the narrative. And this is why I do not subscribe to the narrative about Black women being unprotected or Black women right. being targeted in a, um you know, outside of, you know, what you see in the media and all the events, because when you start to feed into that narrative, you release your power. And I, I, I just, I don't subscribe to that at all. We are so, we are such powerful beings. And like you said, you know, we can educate um, an entire nation. Like, you know, once we, once we educate our children and once we pour into our children or our spouse rather, or our significant other or whatever, we we are we we are the teachers and the teachers need their power so i don't subscribe to any of those narratives about you know being unprotected or or whatever i don't know that's, a, that's another we, that's another rabbit hole too yeah, yeah that, that's a mind control thing that's psychological uh, it is right. i agree i agree because I, I to be honest with you um every time that i've been at a low place in my life it's always been a black man that picked me up so when you see me you know like you know when it comes to my brothers when it comes to the original man like i worship them you know i don't worship them the same as the creator but they they you know come through yeah right up there because i've never been in a space or existed in a space and i'm aware that the reason it hasn't been is because of the energy within me I've never, I've been, I've been spit on and a couple other things and that's isolated. That, mm-hmm. that was that, you right. know, and you still don't, but, but if I had to, you know, analyze it and break it down into numbers, I've been way more protected, supported and cared for than I've not been. Absolutely. And that, you know, that, and I'm not saying that it don't go on and I would never dismiss because women have been 
violated. I've been violated. But I think that we can't look at an isolated incident as a whole. And then that's when we start to group that, oh, Black women are like this. You know, Black men or the original man or the original woman is like this and like that. And it's like, no, that was an isolated situation. That's yeah. Things on a whole, we lit, always been lit. Yeah. You know, we are the standard of this world, whether they want to admit it or not. Everything they do is because of who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always been that way. So I, you know, Patrice, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I cannot speak to a narrative of being unprotected, and that's not my. That's not. I've always. Mm-hmm. You know, say the original man is like. Yeah, they make me happy. Mm-hmm. My, like, one of my good girlfriends say all the time. She said we talk about how you know we don't communicate with certain sisters because they have these different mindsets, and you know you want to be open minded. But I'm not going to let your energy penetrate mine. And she always says, um, "Sis, that ain't my story." Mm-hmm. And she'll if if it's somebody that you know speaking another, that's sis, that's not my story. Sometimes being able to enlighten people just to see things a different way is a gift because then it allows you to make a different decision, which is why we should always be evolving. We should always be growing because you can introduce to a piece of knowledge that takes away everything that you may have been through. And now you have to look at this whole situation, you know, that you've carried all your life in a different perspective because you got this one piece of knowledge that changes, you know, a way that you look at what you've been through. So, but so. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember being, I worked at Howard University, political science department. I'm going up Georgia Avenue and I know I was looking good. I was smelling good. <laughs> Please believe it. And this guy walked up, I mean, he was in a car in the passenger side. And he was like, you know, da, da, da. And I'm like, no, I'm late for work. You know, I'm in my stride. I got just enough time to get there on time. And I turned around and I was like, did he just spit on me? I mean, because I didn't want to talk to him. He spit on me. Wow. And lo and behold. Another brother came right up with a napkin. He looked at my leg. He wiped my leg and he kept moving. Baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't even stop my day because just in that one moment, here's this one brother who didn't spit on me, but here's yeah. another man who saw the whole interaction. He didn't even ask me if I was okay. I get he probably felt like that ain't even gonna stop this sister, but I'm at least I could do is wipe her leg off. Wow. Yeah. He did not even look back, he just kept moving. Wow. So, you know, at the end of the day, but that one piece of knowledge, you know, canceled out this bad thing. So I think that when we start looking at things in scale, then you can really address issues for what they really are and not that isolated hurt that you're going through. And now you apply this hurt to everything versus applying that knowledge to your hurt and making it, you know, be what you need it to be for you. Right. So, that's awesome. Yeah, that's an amazing. That's a powerful yeah. story. So I'm <laughs> He spit on me, but I was, I mean, I was like in my whole little zone. So right. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, he came right up, but I think too, that that speaks to like, you know, having that, that, that core belief and your core values that keeps you standing solid, you know, and right. able to move in this world where things may happen, but what's your core belief about, you know, yourself and how you look at things right. that makes yeah. all the difference. So, so I've decided that your show is going to be called down the rabbit hole. Yes, uh, we, I received uh, it. I received yeah, it because, yeah. baby, I, I'm I'm comfortable in the rabbit hole. I realize that I'm comfortable yeah. in the dark spaces. The light is easy. Everybody want to shine. Everybody want to be here, and that's cool. That's a good look for you. But let's talk about the people that reside. You know, where it's dark, where it's not yeah, necessarily yeah. those. You know, comfortable mm-hmm. spaces. I'm, I'm comfortable in those spaces. Yeah, and that's because you are the light, so it, it works. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, but look, it's, balance, it's almost, I got enough darkness. That's how I was able to get the light. But I didn't appreciate going through them dark moments. And that's another thing, you know, identifying value that your hurt mm-hmm. has its place. It's important. Exactly. It's just as important exactly. as your. Oh, man. That's just so as powerful. Important. That's so powerful. Yeah. So, Dang. so uh, it's already 1230. So I do want to ask you a couple of questions about yourself. I'm okay. doing kind of. You're kind of rapid fire because, but I love conversations like this. I even get some questions, and it's it's so great. And like I said, so powerful. And I hope uh, that people are taking notes and understanding the wisdom that was just brought to us. Uh, but it's a few things about I'm you. Neighborish man, they lit. Yeah, hey, we do what we can. You know what can I say? I mean, you know, not Dave. <laughs> but but um, but I do want to ask you: when you were growing up, and somebody would ask you what you wanted to be, do you remember what you would tell them? A social worker. Social worker. Yes. And I said this, and kind of in the realm of helping and being in a, in a uh, in a support position, and yes. you know, uh, getting people to their best lives. So you you kind of a you a spiritual social worker right now. That's, yeah, that's- it's amazing how it how it works. I went to school, and I was gonna, you know, I went to school for psychology, and everything was going good. And I was like, oh, this is good because I love thinking, I love thoughts, I love mindsets has always been something that intrigues me you know about people it's just how they think and the problem that I had with social work is policy and being in situations where I needed some social services myself I realized that they came there you know as a case but they didn't come to see like the challenges there was they weren't there to help they were there to you know, kidnap children, aka CPS. They were there to enforce their rule. They there was no morale in this. And um, being the teacher, you know, would get into these morale versus policy. And she was sick of me, and I was sick of it. And so, you know, I left school because I'm like, this is this doesn't allow me to, you know, implement morale to be able to be compassionate to a mother who. Yeah, her children may be dirty. Yeah, they may not be eating, but she may be going through postpartum depression. And let's let's really look at what she needs to support her to be able to support her mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, her children, you know, as a mom. Yeah. So ironically, I was working for DC Public School System for teen moms. And, um, you know, God will qualify the call because clearly I had no degree to do the job that I was doing, but I had a caseload of about 110 teen moms and that was the best job I've ever had in my life. It never felt like work. It allowed me to be a social worker with morale. It allowed me to, well, let's talk about what your real issues are. You know, we ain't gonna worry about policy because policy takes care of itself. It's in black and white, regardless as to what I do in this human interaction. So it allowed me, and some of these are still my babies to this day, like to to this day, you know, I'm talking like some of them have had to sleep at my house, you know, outside of when I worked there. Um, some of their babies, they like, you know, that's I'm not their grandma, but I'm their grandma, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I've I've been able to still fulfill that without having to go that route. So another thing in business and life, you know, get used to it looking different than what you think it's supposed to look like. Because no, I did not get a degree, but for over a decade, I was a social worker. Exactly. And I was able to, you know, maneuver in this realm because that was my heart of service and that's, you know, what I wanted to do. So I just wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> man. And that's uh, what you said is exactly the reason why I always ask that question yeah. is because what we start out thinking our life is going to be is very rarely what it turns out to be. And so um, the giving a picture of uh, someone who has successful businesses 
and um, you know, uh, garnered a level of success like yourself. And um, just seeing like, okay, this isn't where the journey started can be so helpful to people who are in that moment of transition where it's like, oh my God, I thought it was going to be this and now it's not. What am I going to do? There's always something for you. And you're, you might not have even found your true purpose yet, you know? And so that's such a powerful, you know, uh, thing to, to see where you started and you had this plan and everything was there. And then you're like, nope, this ain't. And, but still were able to do what your heart knew that you were supposed to be able it to do. It just looked completely different. I didn't have to, you know, go to school. I didn't have to, you know, have no debt. I don't owe no Sally Mae and her homegirls. Don't get no money from me. <laughs> was able to fulfill this mission that I had and I was I mean the fact that my my she's my mentor you know entrusted me with this I don't even think she knew that that's what I wanted to do but the fact that she's like you do it every day like okay this is how we're going to transition you into this it'll be based on your experience so I was able to do it and another thing is um you know sometimes your purpose is just to be like we put too much emphasis on you gotta do this, you know, and that goes back to this childlike wonder. You know, some children, you know, think that they could be the green man and that's fine. And then, you know, next week they don't like that no more because they tried it and they didn't like it. So you don't know, you know, what your ultimate is because as you grow and you learn and you get these new experiences, then now you want to be something else. You thought all your life, damn, I want to be an architect. And you realize like, I don't even like drawing. Like I, I, I really... <laughs> You know, like a uh, uh, building stuff. You know what I mean? I really don't want to have to draw what it looks like, but I actually want to be the, the the brick and mortar. I want to lay the bricks. You know, but you still have this knowledge on one end, but it looks different now because you're actually physically building versus sketching it out. So just be all the damn things. Like stop right. all the boxes. Shit. Be you know, and and I love it because my children are such a beautiful reflection of me, especially this youngest one. He teaches me so much because in his mind he can be whatever. He that little one. I said, boy, if he was my first one, God knows I wouldn't have had no more because he's 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 the actualization of what's in my brain. And the fact that I get to raise them is almost like seeing yourself. So I tell people all the time, you know, you guide your children, but they raise you. And so if you just, I don't care what child is in your life, if you just look at how these babies move, like, and if that doesn't change your thoughts about things, probably nothing can, because children, they never think that they cannot get what they want. Right, right. It never, it never crosses their mind that they're not going to get what they, they don't even fathom like no they like what no you didn't did what they asked for and you didn't got their friends something and they didn't convince you to buy yourself something you know but so just just understanding you know all those spaces and just really seeing things from a, a standpoint of that you can be all of the things there's, there's no right or wrong there's no thing that says you have to be this one thing like just try it you like it cool if you don't you gain experience and that's not something you want to do again but I, I just am in this space where like if I put my mind to it and it's something I want to do you're going to see it yeah. you want to see it you're going to see it so that's dope. That's dope. and so speaking of that you put your mind to uh, these businesses, which which came first, uh, which was your uh, first business uh, that you started like, you know uh... Prototype 1981 that was my first baby. That 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 got the the ball rolling, and that's an old really to my mother. My mother, um, as a little girl, 
was the be most beautiful woman that I know I ever laid my eyes on. And she had a simple beauty and her sisters, my aunts too. And I watched these women take basic outfits. And by the time they are done with accessories and putting it on, you like, you know, it's a runway show and they're just going to speak out or they're just pulling up on the porch. So um, as a little girl, just kind of witnessing the makeup and, the, you know, putting the clothes on, that really just put me in a space of like feeling good. And I love when a woman looks good and she knows she look good. That's like one of my favorite things. Like it makes you feel good. You know what I mean? And this is just on a very, you know, basic level. You know when a woman know she put her shit on that day. You, you, you just, you know. Yeah. So I wanted Prototype 1981 to really be the embodiment of that. So that's my baby. Um, and it came about because, you know, of my encounters with some Black men, you know, who recognized and saw, you know, something in me as it related to, you know, wanting to look good and feel my best and be my best. So that was my baby. And that was the gateway to all of these other things that I do. Um, but that's really just an ode to to my mom and her fierceness and I mean, baby, she could put it on. She could put her clothes on. <laughs> you know, so that and, and I, I feel like, you know, feeling your best and being your best and looking good is really that should be goals. It just it just makes you a better person when you feel good and you look good. Mm. I mean, how shallow people think, but it's a huge connection on you know, how you interact with other people, how your day goes when you feel good and look good. So that's how Be Balanced is kind of a mirror on the op on the flip side. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, taking care of your body to feel good, look good. So those are like my uh, Irish twins. The one came first. They both work in tandem. Right, right. Irish yeah. twins. But, but, uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, so the, the uh, prototype uh, 1981 is, is the, the exterior and uh, Be Balanced is the interior. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The working out of all ain't mean, Dave. You just get it, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, I do what I can. You know, I try. But uh, but no, yeah, it's a no, it's, it's a dope like uh you know collective that you put together of uh, for businesses and um this um and then um uh with the uh, elemental awakenings and, oh. and just just pushing art and beauty and life and positivity is so much. Uh, uh, negativity and just, just uh, especially now, it's been so heavy. It's been, people have had more time to focus more on the negativity and exude and push it more through social media, through just uh, the everything. And so, just having a space of just pure, you know, uh, positivity is amazing. And I want to ask you specifically about that because a lot of times, uh, you know, there'll be things that. Uh, I'm personally going through and I'll go through and see some of the stuff that you post and it'll be uplifting or it just charged me to move and things like that. How much uh, of that uh, aspect of it do you think about like when you're posting or when you're, you know, uh, purveying positivity throughout the universe? Uh, like you to do. do you think about the effect that it has on people or the impact? No. So here's the thing. I tell people everything that I post is something that I need for myself. Mm. The fact that y'all get to benefit from it, all praises due to the most half of that. Mm-hmm. My, my Instagrams are like my personal vision boards. You know what I mean? It's the things that go on in my mind. It's some fuckery thrown in there because you know, <laughs> it was me. 
Um, but ultimately, Elemental Awakenings is um, my newest baby and is near and dear to me because I've developed this concept of art and love only. There's an art to everything. There's an art to how you put this together. There's an art to, you know, how you cook your meals. Everything to me is art, which art is science as well in a certain kind of way. So art and love only. And Elemental Awakenings is allowing me to um, live visually because I was telling you, you know, earlier that a lot of people may not know this, but I'm not, I'm, I'm shy. I'm outgoing to who, I, you know, my people, but for the most part, if I show up in spaces, I don't mind just falling back. Um, but that has allowed me to, to see beauty in some of the most simplest things, you know what I mean? Or to look at something and understand that my senses are triggered and I feel this, you know, good emotion. Um, so that's going to grow me in other ways. And I love photography. I wanted to do it when I got married uh, back in 2003 or four and life happens fast. And I was like, you know, I don't got time to be taking no pictures and da, 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 da. And then I bought myself a camera and I was like, some of the images, I haven't put them out yet, but some of the images are just things that I see walking down the street, you know, from, from what I see. And that's the beauty of that, but also understanding that art is also music. Art is also, you know, just the way that somebody does something. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my newest baby, and that speaks to a more uh, spiritual connotation. So I'm just getting into my senses, using my taste, my seeing, my sight. Elemental Awakenings is all of those things. It allows me to dive into my senses on an artistic level, so I'm grateful for that. And the wellness connection, I like to think that that's for all of us. I really want to um, push that more in terms of being able to be a support for businesses and what people got going on, even if it's just a service, um, just kind of like a hub where you can just come and, you know, it's geared around wellness. So it can't be, you know, businesses that are not going to provide some type of value to people. Um, and then events, you know, when outside is open back up you know, doing events to support businesses and things like that. So again, all of my businesses really are a part of just my everyday life. So no, I'm not thinking about who is affected. And I know it's a positive word, but I promise you sometimes I look at my own page and I have to go back like I'm not in a good space. I'm not, so my page is for me. So the fact that other people get to benefit from it is, you know, that, that the praise is definitely due to the most half of that because I'm posting sometimes to pick my own self up out of these slums that I found myself in because, you know, as much light as you see, the darkness is, is there. Yeah. But I've learned to navigate, like I say, in that dark space. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, a, so, that's uh, so key to, yes. to uh, this uh, survival. And, you know, you mentioned um, uh, the wellness connection and how it's a hub for small businesses. So, for instance, say if somebody had like a meal prep company that they were working on that. <laughs> So look, the only thing we ask at the Wellness Connection, if you want us to repost it and you want us to put, just tag us. That's it. All we ask, so we'll know. Because sometimes I'm in between pages and I'll think like, oh, I need to do this. But if you tag us, so there's been two companies so far who's tagged us, we're going to repost. So I always put on there like for, you know, and again, when I'm aware of it, I'm going to do it. But if you tag that page and it's a business, I already know off the break, I need to repost this. I need to put this in the story. So the only thing that we ask is just, just tag us in your business. You tag us, it's going up. And we stay in those stories because it's a lot of Black businesses in, that, in those stories that's doing mm -hmm. some amazing, amazing things who, um, you know, we put in our stories. But like I say, for the tags, to put on, just tag us and we putting it on there. 
amazing to be able to do. And I thought that, you know, the first one that I did, I was like, oh man, we, we just conversating, you know, and it felt so good, like just to have a conversation. Yeah. Something yeah. so small to be able to bounce ideas and walk away with now two perspectives, you know, from you and Patrice, because you're having this dialogue. So I think that podcasting is freaking genius. I'm so grateful to just, you know, see that people are talking to each other more and not at mm-hmm. each other and, you know, speaking in these ways that don't connect the the two people that's communicating so this is i enjoy it and every time y'all ask me i'm pulling up yeah i'm gonna hold you to it yes yes yeah man like i said i appreciate you so much you touched on something so important like the art of conversation is definitely dying and that lack of conversation is what leads to those small misunderstandings instead of something that could be worked out with a five-minute conversation turns into something that where people don't you know uh, don't make it right and don't take the time to put in the work to, to get balanced. Things blow up and then you got people who haven't talked for years and don't know why and things of that. Yeah. Crazy and, and sometimes it may take years not to talk. So don't don't be mad at the space that it takes because sometimes mm-hmm. you, know, you could have offended somebody and that offense warrants them to be in a better space before we can have this dialogue. The dialogue is an option whether it's 10 years later or whether it's 10 minutes later. Take the opportunity to utilize it, you know, healthy, um, you know, and, and and with a goal in mind that, you know, you're going to listen, you're going to hear, and you're going to speak, and you're going to be truthful and honest, you know, truthful and honest, and it's amazing what conversations can do, like, I, this, this past month, I have really, but I told you, Elemental Awakening is about the senses, hearing people speaking, you know, hearing what I, or feeling the vibration when I talk, I feel it in my chest when I'm talking to you. We don't even pay attention to little things like that, that that tone is healing or speaking mm-hmm. in a certain tone is healing. Or when you scream, how your body starts to break down. I feel that too, which mm-hmm. I've learned to stop yelling so much because I feel my body physically breaking down. But we, we don't even bring awareness to our general senses every day. That's why we're missing the mark. You know, if you start within yourself, everything without is going to alchemize and be what it needs to be. But it's really, you know, checking in with you you hear see speak and all these things for a reason mm-hmm. they're important man you, you need a regular uh platform to, <laughs> to, to to share this wisdom with the world man. i've decided you need yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> just really just like you know because i ask the questions and i think that that's important that you know i'm always questioning god i say are you supposed to question god the devil is a lie you better because yeah. if you don't, then how are you going to know? That's why we don't like to be questioned and things like that. No, that's yeah. how you learn. So I'm always questioning God. I'm always asking for wisdom and insight and, you know, why this and why that? Because anything in creation was relevant. It's a reason it's here. So yeah. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. So. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for all Thank of the wisdom. And, and yeah, like I said, the love and light that you purvey on a regular basis is amazing and it's beautiful. And uh and it's appreciated. And yeah, uh, don't well, stop doing it. <laughs> I won't. All, all praise is due to the most high. This is definitely, you know, just me living out what I've been given, you know. And so that's that's yeah. exactly what it is. And that's what it'll always be. So I'm grateful to exist in this space. I'm grateful that, you know, it touches people in the way that it does. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I, I take a little credit, but all praise is definitely due. So.
Definitely. Yeah. So that, and that's an awesome way to end it, man. Thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of the Neighbors Livecast. On behalf of myself, Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible, my feminine energy, Patrice, Fruit Fit amazing guest, Delania Boyd. Uh, we've yeah. had a great show. This has been a great conversation. Join us next week for more conversation, more inspiration, more fun, and more education. Y'all have a great week. Take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.